everyone and welcome back to Ali Connects podcast. I wish you all a happy, happy summer. I hope you guys are enjoying the somewhat summery weather because here in the Netherlands we had rain for most of it but the sun is shining right now and I am sweating so that is a good good sign. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I hope you guys are enjoying your summer and I just wanted to make this episode to do a little like catch up about how it's going in terms of like pregnancy and things that I've learned etc etc my previous episode that I did was really just about like discovering pregnancy and like my journey with it so far but I'm now in the ninth month of pregnancy I'm actually due any day now so I just wanted to do a little catch up and a little refresher uh, for myself as well to just talk about how it's been and my experience with pregnancy so far. The first thing I want to talk about is nutrition. And for me, nutrition during pregnancy has been such an eye-opener. Generally, I was a healthy eater before I got pregnant anyway. Uh, But during pregnancy, my diet and nutrition drastically, well, not too drastically, but like it, it changed quite a bit. Um, I really started incorporating a lot more fruits and vegetables and just like cooking at home more and eating out less, which also really helped my financial situation, if I'm being honest, because yeah, eating out can get quite expensive. Um, And I'm a big fan of like takeout, especially like um, Asian cuisines and burgers and those kind of things. So I really try to like cut it down during pregnancy and just eat a lot more homemade food um, just so that I know what exactly I'm eating because I'm putting the ingredients in the food. So that was a, a nice change for me as well. I did a lot of research and I had got a lot of recommendations from people that are or were pregnant as well. Um, and a lot of the feedback that people gave me was like to, you know, not give in too much to cravings, but also don't be too hard on myself for having cravings. And I must say my cravings have been very starchy stuff. Like um, I've been craving a lot of potatoes, like throughout my whole pregnancy, I craved potatoes so anything like french fries, mashed potatoes, scallop potatoes, uh, you name it, potatoes, I was craving it. So I did keep myself happy by consistently eating potatoes whenever I did crave it. But the first trimester, I couldn't really eat a lot of junky, junky food just because it made me really nauseous. And I must say, like, doing an evaluation of, like, all three trimesters at this moment, since I've gone through all three of them, like, wholeheartedly, the second trimester was my favorite. Mostly because I had such a surge in energy, and I think that's normal for most pregnant people. Um, But, yeah, I had such a surge in energy. I was super active. I was just very content and happy and it was just rainbows and everything for me during the second trimester um and as well in the third trimester but physically things just got a little bit more demanding during the third trimester and that makes it a little bit difficult for me to just remain active um but i still do try a lot um to remain active and that's also a part of like the whole nutrition thing like the type of foods that i ate really helped my energy levels like every time i had my appointments at my midwife um 
they would tell me like my blood pressure is great my iron levels are exactly how it needs to be i didn't really have much complications or or pain complaints or anything like that so i've been really grateful to to experience such a positive pregnancy granted i mean there are pregnancies that are you know a little bit more taxing than others and i completely resonate like with people who have also gone through those things i mean it's not like it's an easy journey to go through of course but i think it's also your mindset and what you eat what you put into your body how you think about pregnancy that also has a lot to do with it you know so for me that was a little bit with in terms of like nutrition and staying active in terms of like fitness i consistently walked throughout my whole pregnancy outside it was kind of raining a lot kind of cold at some points but i maintained my activism through the gym so i did treadmill like at least i want to say like three four times a week there were some times where i did slack off and that's completely okay but for the most part i continuously walked And I think that helps because baby is now in the exact position that she needs to be in in order to be born. So I have a feeling like exactly just being active and staying active helped her to kind of gradually go into the position that she needs to. Um, I tried avoiding sitting for long periods of time, especially at work. My work is a very moving kind of job, so... That also helps a lot in terms of staying active and just, you know, keep moving throughout pregnancy. I can also feel myself getting out of breath while speaking. Like, that's the thing with third trimester. It's just, there's so many weird physical things that go on. Like, going up the stairs just to take a shower, I'm out of breath. (laughs) So I can feel myself slowly getting out of breath. So if my voice gets a bit raspy, like, throughout the episode... Just know that I'm struggling a little bit to speak, but generally I'm okay for now. I haven't passed out yet. (laughs) No, but I mean, physically, like activity wise, fitness wise and nutrition wise, I think I, I have to give myself props for that, for, for maintaining it and being consistent with it, uh, because that tremendously helped a lot in how I perceived pregnancy and how positive my pregnancy experience was. The next thing I want to talk about is healthcare in the Netherlands and what that experience has been like living here. So coming from a small island, like I was born and raised on a tiny island in the Caribbean. It's called St. Martin. And uh, from what I know, because I have a lot of friends back home who have had babies. And I also have some friends here that are also from the same island who have had babies there but then have moved up to the netherlands to live um and just hearing their experiences and being able to like make uh uh yeah form a judgment or or an opinion on on the healthcare system in different countries like to do a comparison between like st martin and the netherlands it is drastically different here than it is back home And I say this because the experiences that people have told me about that they had back home is that pregnancy for women and giving birth and labor in general is really just a money-making business in general. Meaning, 
women also don't know their rights their rights are not really like implemented or or shared with them during their time of being pregnant um, and then when they do go into labor a lot of the times a c-section is always recommended or or just given off the bat because it's yeah it's the most it's the thing that makes the most money for them it's also the i guess the easiest procedure or the quickest procedure to get them in and out of the hospital system that for me was such an eye-opener because when i first announced my pregnancy to yeah my healthcare providers here in the netherlands i was already given options like think about what kind of birth you want to have how do you feel what is your preference you know questions that are important for women to have and i think also just being so active with research like just doing the research online like okay what are my rights what what can i do what what does birth look like in the perfect world and being able to like mix and match my own wishes to like the perfect birth of course it's not going to be perfect but being able to just know that you have the option is already so mentally easier and i think back home women don't really have that option or that knowledge on what to do when they're pregnant and what rights they have in general doing a comparison i love how the netherlands has approached um or have given rights to women who are pregnant they really focus on okay what are the the things that you want the most rather than like what would be easiest for us as healthcare providers so as a woman you really have options and it's also being able to take like courses and just um expand your knowledge in general like i think the netherlands there's so many courses that you can take like in terms of breastfeeding in terms of hypnobirthing labor and delivery uh pelvic floor therapy those kind of things they really push it and they, they make sure that you know that you have access to these resources if you need them which i think is so it's amazing to have that because yeah you know as women like especially coming into these times women have so much more rights now and i think yeah that that's such an eye opener and it's such a privilege to have those resources available to us when we need them so i think that's something that's could be improved i guess in certain economies or or places in the world where women don't have such um yeah good access to to knowledge and databases and resources for pregnancy and giving birth uh but the netherlands does such a great job with it i have to say like my experience has been very positive in terms of like healthcare um and it's also with insurance like most of everything is covered with your insurance when it comes to to pregnancy and giving birth but for example you have your basic insurance and you also have your supplementary insurance If you have a basic insurance then you obviously like pay for certain stuff out of pocket uh, but generally most of it is covered by your insurance even if you have a basic or a supplementary uh package uh and that also covers like something called kramsorg which is like maternity care so in the Netherlands you're entitled to something called kramsorg and that's when uh a nurse or a healthcare uh professional comes to your home after you give birth they come every day for like a few days maybe a week eight days 10 days depending on what your level of need 
is. Uh, and they take care of you. They monitor you. They monitor your baby. They take care of little tasks around the house. Um, so that's really cool that that's an option for women, especially if you're you know, a single parent or if your partner works um, long days. You still have that support from a professional and you can also get advice from that professional. And the fact that this is covered by insurances or it's like a mandatory thing for women to have when they give birth, I think that's so cool. Uh, it's, it's a privilege to have those kind of things available to us. So yeah, generally healthcare in terms of pregnancy and labor in the Netherlands, top notch, I have to say. The next thing I want to talk about is having a proper baby registry. Now, uh, if you don't know what a registry is, it's just basically like a list that you make of things that you would like for people to purchase for you and your baby. Uh, so necessary things, you know, like if you want diapers or, or a specific brand of stroller, whatever it is, you just put it on that list and then people are able to buy that for you because they know it's what you want rather than having people bring a gift for you that you're like, hmm, I can't really use this. So it's basically what a registry is. You have registries for like weddings, uh, birthdays, and also for babies. So I want to say one of our biggest struggles during the whole pregnancy was having our baby registry work for us rather than <laughs> against us. And I say that because, okay, so we live in the Netherlands and a lot of our families live in different countries. So for example, like the US, Canada, St. Martin, uh, different places around the world. We have friends like London and, and, you know, just different places around the world. And it's difficult to find uh, a proper website that allows you to make a registry that can accommodate buyers from all different parts of the world. The only proper... Uh, international shipping companies there are or like big ones like Amazon or yeah I can actually really only think of Amazon but the thing is Amazon is also different in all of these countries so for example if you purchase something from Amazon Canada and you live in the Netherlands the shipping is different the 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 stock is different, the buyers and the sellers and all that kind of jargon that I don't know of, they're all different. So it, it's still a, a worldwide company, but it's still tailored per country. And that was a struggle for us because our families had to go through hoops and hoops just to get us gifts from our registry. And that was really annoying. So we used a website called uh, My Registry, which essentially it just you can just put links of things that you want to get for for the baby. So for example, if you see a nice stroller that you like, you can just link that stroller from a specific website and put it on the registry. But the thing is, if yeah, if you have someone that lives in Canada and, and they don't have access to that website or maybe it's a Dutch website that allows them to only pay with a Dutch card, then it's difficult for a person who wants to buy that gift for you to be able to purchase it. So that was a real big struggle. I am not sure how I would have done it differently, to be honest. Like, I'm not sure. I don't think I also did enough research on how to make international registries if you have family living abroad. Um, but yeah, that was really one of the, the anticlimactic experiences that we had in terms of getting gifts from from people that we love 
Granted, we did get everything that we wanted from the registry. Whether it be I bought it myself or family and friends bought it for us or my partner bought it or whatever it was, we still managed to get everything that we needed. So uh, just a pro tip, if you are thinking about doing a registry for anything and you have people living abroad, maybe just, yeah, do it differently than how I did it um, and just maybe do some better research on better websites to use. Uh, But it's so weird, though, because we used Amazon for most of our like links for things that we wanted to get. But even so, like some things that my cousin ordered for us, we didn't get. It didn't arrive. And then when we called, they were like, oh, sorry, this is Amazon Canada, but you need to contact Amazon Netherlands. It was just a lot of of confusion in order to get things just delivered correctly and just done the right way. Um, Granted, we still got those things, but I'm just saying just having to go through those hoops made it so much more stressful And I think it also made the experience for the buyers also a little bit more annoying. Uh, So that's something I I wish I could have done differently in terms of, yeah, my registry. But yeah, no, we got everything that we needed and I'm super grateful, super happy. Uh, But it was still still a learning moment uh, in order for us to like reflect on how we could have done things better. And the last thing I want to talk about is choosing baby names. And this for us was, I think, the most funnest and easiest part of the whole pregnancy journey. Whereas the registry was the more difficult one. Choosing the name was the easiest part. And I say that because um, we had an agreement and I think this works well for us. I think it also depends on your relationship and what kind of, you know, how you want to go about doing it. But how we did it was when we decided to do the gender reveal, which was a very intimate gender reveal between the two of us, um, we decided, okay, if it's a girl, he's going to name her. And if it's a boy, I'm going to name him. And we did this before we knew what the gender was. So whatever it would be, that would just be, yeah, whoever's responsibility. And that also made it so much more fun because... We were anticipating, and then once we found out what it was, we were like, okay, it's it's all up to you. And I think that also, like just speaking from my own experience, I think that really strengthened the bond between father and daughter, or like father and baby in this case. Just because like I have the privilege, like as a woman, you have the privilege of carrying the baby. You have that bond, you have that like everyday connection kind of thing. But I think for men, it's really different because yeah they 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 hug your belly they touch your belly rub your belly a few times a day you know that bond isn't really strong as it is with with mother and and baby so i think giving or him having the opportunity to have full complete control of what her name would be uh, or what the baby's name would be in general i think it gives such a nice ownership kind of feeling I don't want to say ownership because it, it feels so like property, like you own something or you control something. I, I don't mean it in that way, but like it, it, I feel like it just gives the, the father a little bit more of a, a say or a bond with the kid in such a different way, you know? And I think I really see him shine through with that because he has full control of what the name would be. And when we tell people the name, you can see that his 
his enthusiasm comes out and he's super proud of it and that's so nice to see you know like as a woman i have the privilege of carrying the baby imagine if i had to name the baby and and do all the other things for the baby and the dad wouldn't really feel as involved you know so i think it's also being able to like trust your partner and give them a piece of the rope to kind of pull as well i don't know if that's a saying but like i feel like it works so well <laughs> and it's super nice to like see how happy the other person gets you know when they when they celebrate the fact that they chose the name uh so yeah he had full control over the name and that's just yeah our agreement that's just how it played out um but i think even if we didn't have the agreement where it would have been if it was a girl you choose the name if it was a boy i choose the name i think generally i if i had to choose to do it over again i would still just give him full control on what the name would be because yeah it's 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 half half the other person and half you so you know just being able to share that responsibility of of bringing a person into the world and and having them create their identity based on yeah you know a name that you chose I, f- I feel like that's so empowering for a father because we have the privilege of carrying the baby and that's already empowering uh so yeah that's uh that's how we did our baby choosing names there are some of my friends though who are like nah i'm not letting my partner choose choose our baby name which is fair enough i mean if if your partner is obviously coming with strange names or names that you really don't envision for your family or you know just just cartoonish names and names that are not serious or will be taken seriously in the real world i get it i get it but i think if you're you know if you have a discussion with your partner and you're like you communicate properly like hey i would like our name to be more spiritual or just to have a little bit more meaning to it rather than just pulling a name out of the sky i think that helps a lot as well to have um partners more involved in the baby choosing names so yeah that's uh a little bit about how it's been uh in terms of experience with my pregnancy thus far i am now well into the ninth month due any day now uh and she's in the right position exactly where she needs to be so it's just a matter of waiting and see when she comes uh i'm super excited super thrilled a little bit anxious not gonna lie labor and delivery i think maybe for another episode just to talk about that on its own because i feel like that's a whole story by itself um so yeah we'll we'll keep that for another day but labor and delivery in general i think i'm feeling pretty positive sometimes anxious but anxiously positive (laughs) about the whole experience so we'll see how that goes um but yeah that is that is the update and uh thank you for listening thus far and i hope that this was somewhat interesting or eye-opening or helpful to you in any way thank you again for listening and i'll talk to you guys in the next episode bye